It's the Sound Kitchen. Mmm, yummy. It's the Sound Kitchen. Ooh, that sounds delicious. Uh, you're listening to the Sound Kitchen. Mm, yummy. And Susan Owensby's cooking. Bienvenue and welcome to the Sound Kitchen, where you never know what you'll be served. I'm Susan Owensby. It's Saturday, the 8th of January, the, no surprise here, 8th day of the new year, 2022. Happy New Year, everyone. May we have peace and goodwill and good health in this new year. Before we get started, I want you to get under a blanket and record a message for World Radio Day. You know how time flies. It'll be here before we know it on February 13th. So send your greetings to one and all for our World Radio Day show. Here's Laura Angela with the address. You can write to Susan at the Sound Kitchen at rfi.fr. That's the Sound Kitchen, all one word, no spaces, at rfi.fr. Them said and they fixed in them make we wait. From where them born we they no more we they wait. Just they wait. I read something recently in the Washington Post newspaper which I just have to share with you. There's a young man in Sierra Leone who is using coconuts to replace wood-based charcoal. His name is Alhaji Sirajba. And four years ago, he lost his best friend in a mudslide, which was caused, in part, by deforestation. How to deal with the grief? Ba's answer was to do something to reduce the felling of Sierra Leone's trees, the loss of which, scientists say, amplifies the mudslide risk. Wood-based charcoal is the top cooking fuel in Sierra Leone, where electricity is often unreliable. In fact, Ba told Washington Post, and I quote, The hardest part is getting the word out about this alternative. Everyone loves charcoal. End quote. It started with a bit of serendipity. Ba chanced upon a video of a man in Indonesia using coconut shells as a replacement for charcoal. He saw there were people in Ghana and Kenya that were doing the same thing, collecting coconut scraps, drying them out in the sun, grinding them down, charring them in steel drums. Street sellers discard coconut shells and husks on the streets in Sierra Leone, so Ba could easily get his primary ingredient. And with a lot of hard work and ingenuity, this young man, four years later, now runs his own business, Rugsall Trading, named after his father and his mother. He has nearly three dozen employees and has produced roughly 100 tons of coconut briquettes. The company has grown from a one-room house to eight acres of land outside the city. The United Nations named him a Young Champions of the Earth finalist in 2019. He received an invitation the following year to pitch at a startup conference at Harvard Business School, where he won a 5000 U.S. dollar prize. He just ordered an assembly line from China. With that, the company can make eight tons of briquettes per hour. 
Baugh plans to expand into Guinea and Liberia. His neighbors also have endangered forests. I love stories like this. Thanks, Washington Post, for bringing this to light. Anyone out there know of similar stories? Or are there coconuts where you live? Can you do the same thing? I'm sure Alhaji Siraj Ba would give you advice. He himself got advice early on from a man in Ghana who's doing the same thing. Well, I saw I go left for now to make coconut it, and I hope so you have the shaky coconut it till we meet again. Emerson, Midey Asu. Are you ready? I do hope so. Because it's time for the quiz. On the 11th of December, I played some sounds for you. which my friend and colleague Laura Angela Bagnetto recorded for me when she was in the Gambia, covering their presidential elections in early December. I asked you to identify that sound. The answer is marbles. It's the rather ingenious way Gambians vote and have since 1947. As Laura Angela wrote in her article, Gambians keep their marbles as they head to the polls for crucial elections. As Pa Makan Khan, the Gambia's Independent Electoral Commission Public Relations Director, explained to Laura Angela, and I quote, the marble is a small crystal that is dropped into a hole of the ballot drum, and the bell inside the drum will ring to say you have voted. End quote. However, this may be the last time marbles will be used to cast votes. It seems paper ballots are on their way in. Khan told Laura Angela that, and again I quote, the system was effective when few candidates ran for office, but with the advent of democracy in the Gambia, more candidates means more voting drums, so the logistics become even more complicated. And the winners are... Mrs. Nafisa Khatun who's the president of the RFI Mahila Shrota Senga Club in Hari Harpara, West Bengal, India, and RFI club members Ms. Dipita Chakrabarti from New Delhi, India, Mr. Samhir Mukhopadhyay from Kolkata, India, Swisti, thanks again for your note, Helmut Matt from Herbolzheim, Germany, thank you too, Helmut, for your note. Listeners, Helmut introduced me to his new kitties, Talia and Romeo, and boy, are they cute. And last but not least, faithful listener Zenon Tellis, the president of the Christian Marxist-Leninist Maoist Association of Listening DXers in Goa, India. Congratulations to this week's winners, and thanks to each and every one of you who wrote in. As you've read on our website, France took over the presidency of the European Union Council on the first of this month for six months. Each member state has its turn at the presidency, which comes about every 13 years. Nicolas Sarkozy was president when we had the last presidency honor in 2007. 
In RFI English journalist Amanda Morrow's article, "Pressure to Deliver as Macron Takes EU Helm Ahead of French Elections," you read about one of Macron's priorities. It has to do with immigration, and that's what I want to know from you. What does Macron say about reforming the visa-free Schengen area? Again, reread Amanda's article. Pressure to deliver as Macron takes EU helm ahead of French elections, and answer me this: What does Macron say about reforming the visa-free Schengen area? I put Amanda's article on the Sound Kitchen and the club's Facebook pages to help you with the answer, and I put some photos of Paris's monuments, which were lit up in blue on the first of January, which my daughter and I took. Far better is the video in Amanda's article, though. The buildings were great looking. The French really know how to light monuments. You have until the 31st of January to get your answers in. Be sure to tune in on the 5th of February to see if your answer wins a prize. As always, be sure you include your postal address with your postal code, and don't forget to let me know if you are a miss, a ms, a missus, or a mister. I don't want to get it wrong. Send your quiz answers to English dot service at rfi dot fr. That's English dot service. At rfi.fr, you can also text your answer to the Sound Kitchen mobile phone. Dial plus three three six three one one two nine six eight two. That's plus three three six three one one two nine six eight two. Always include your postal mailing address, and if you have one, your RFI Club membership number. This is the Sound Kitchen. Sound Kitchen, and Susan Owensby's cooking. Okay, my friends, it's time to clear the table and wash the dishes. Thanks for joining me in the Sound Kitchen, and keep those cards, letters, emails, and text messages coming. Many, many thanks to Erwan Rome for his input and expertise in mixing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll be off for a couple of weeks. I'm having knee surgery, but I'll be back as soon as I can, ready to cook. In the meanwhile, I've left some nice hot meals on the stove for you. Your music requests, so keep tuning in for your weekly Sound Kitchen meal. And if you have a musical request, be sure and send it right on in. The address is the Sound Kitchen, all one word, no spaces. At rfi.fr, that's the Sound Kitchen at rfi.fr. The Sound Kitchen podcast is ready for you every Saturday on the RFI English website, rfienglish.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Susan Owensby. Be well, do good work, be kind, and stay in touch, and stay safe, my friends. And don't forget to record your World Radio Day greetings. I'll play you out with music from Erwan, our sound engineer, who's a musician first and foremost. He plays the conga drums.
Erwan told me this week he's long wanted to share with you something from his very first West Africa percussion teacher, Richard Monsegu. Monsegu, along with Sebastian Tron, created and leads a group called the Antiquarks, who describe their music as liberating for both the body and the soul. They are a little nutty, to say the least, like our Erwan, which is why the two of us get on so well. Erwan chose a piece by Mozart, which his teacher, Richard Monsegu, along with Sebastian Tron, have revisited. It's a silly but sweet aria from the opera The Magic Flute. First, I'll play the original version from the opera, so that when you hear Monsegu et Tron's arrangement, you'll truly get how wonderful their transformation is. what you'd hear if you went to the opera house to listen to Mozart's The Magic Flute. And this is what Erwan's first percussion teacher, who was also a fellow student at university, does with it. How I laughed as I listened to it. I can hardly wait to share it with my opera singer friends and my old classical radio announcer colleagues. Here's the Papagena Papageno duet from Mozart's The Magic Flute, arranged by Richard Monsegu et Sebastian Tron. Monsegu is singing and playing the conga drums. The soprano is Sophie Lou, 
And the ensemble is the Antiquarks. Thanks, everyone. Talk to you all next week with a wonderful program filled with music from you and your fellow listeners. Thank <laughs> you.